Hello and welcome. Is your business your mission and your mission your business? If yes, you found your tribe. Whether you feel like it or not, you are avant-garde, going your own way, making your own path, doing it like no one has done before. And the answers to the challenges you're facing aren't in a book. My friend, you are not alone. This is the Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Bailey, a mission-minded serial entrepreneur and traveler. My purpose on this earth is to use my authenticity and passion to equip and empower social entrepreneurs to live in their highest calling, feeling freedom, fulfillment, and security, and inspiring others to do the same. Join me for stories, tips, and tricks for taking avant-garde inspired action in your business so that you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. I believe it doesn't have to be hard to be right. Welcome to episode 18 of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I am so glad you're here today with me, my friend. So far on the podcast, we've had guest social entrepreneurs in Uganda, Thailand, Liberia, and Nepal. And each of them is solving systemic issues in unique and very creative ways. Social enterprise is truly an art form. No two social enterprises are the same. Each is unconventional, meaning there's no book for it. And there's no convention. There's no right or perfect way. And each social entrepreneur is forward thinking, experimenting, and pioneering. Hence the name avant-garde entrepreneur for the podcast. <laughs> so you as a social entrepreneur are essentially an artist. Each action you take, each thought you have is creating something new. Some of you use physical art as a part of your social enterprise. So whether that's graphic design, painting, metalwork, jewelry design, pottery, clothing design, leather accessory creation, there's just so many. The arts and entrepreneurship are not an easy combination. Your work, your craft is so personal. It's truly a part of your heart. It's a part of you. And mm -hmm. each piece that you create is a tangible representation of yourself. And it can be scary or intimidating to put your art out into the world. So whether that's physical, a physical piece of art or the art form of your social enterprise. And why is that? Because putting your craft out into the world means you are exposing yourself. You are showing who you are. And many, many artists fear the judgment of others. They feel like they're really good enough. And this happens to traditional business people as well. And I know firsthand, I've done this myself. I've hidden who I was and my passion for something because I felt like it wasn't good enough. My friend, I hope that this episode empowers you to put your art out there, whether that's physical art, your passion for your social mission, or both. So who better to get advice from on this topic than an artist and business person, a creative entrepreneur? Today, we are talking to Nobantu Modise. Nubantu is based in Johannesburg, South Africa. 
She is the creative director of Afrophilia Communications Agency. She's the founder and editor-in-chief of Afrophilia Magazine, and she's a judge for the South African Social Media Awards. Nobantu and I connected on LinkedIn. Believe it or not, I do look at the profile of every single person that I connect with on LinkedIn. And so naturally, I checked out Nobantu's magazine, Afrophilia. When I clicked on the page, I am certain that my eyes look like teacup saucers because, wow, it was magnificent, like nothing I'd ever seen before. And my screen was filled with these large, brilliant photos that spanned across the page. And I think there were like three photos on the each page. And as I clicked on each photo, there was a summary of the article and then a longer article that followed. And I was mesmerized, had to get to know her. So she shared a little bit of her story and I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if Nobantu would be willing to share it and give us some guidance on how she balances art and business? And thankfully, she said yes. So she's here with us today to do just that. Nobantu, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, Trisha, thank you so much for having me. And how could I not be here? Your podcast is incredible. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You just launched a podcast, which we'll talk about, but I think that you can definitely empathize with how nerve wracking it can be to put a podcast out. So I really appreciate Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) (laughs) So Novantu, can you share, you have... When I thought about having you on as a guest, and especially as I got to know you, I realized there are so many directions we could go in the conversation because you have so much experience, life and personal and business experience. But can you share with us kind of a pivotal moment or two in your journey to get to this point in your life as a creative entrepreneur? There's so many to choose from. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd say the most pivotal one was discovering what my purpose is in life. That just gave me so much strength and confidence. It just grounded me so much. And this awareness of my purpose, it still anchors me now, even when things don't look good. Mm -hmm. So there are many reasons to be anxious. There are many reasons to feel dejected. And that is the one thing that just gives me peace and grounds me and, and gives me the strength to say, okay, we can do this one more step, you know, mm-hmm. so, so that would be the most pivotal. And then the other is doing a personal skills audit. That's when I really just had to sit down and, and decide that I'm going to focus my energies and my time on what I have an affinity for, what I enjoy doing. And I've been so fortunate that people have connected to that. Mm-hmm. So once I, I just tapped into that, I'm just like, look, this is me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is it. Mm-hmm. Let, let me work with what I have because there's value there. And it's just done so much for me personally and my business. That's amazing. So something that's very tangible, anyone can yep. find a skills audit and take it. And it doesn't have, even necessarily have to be the perfect skills audit, but I, it sounds like mm-hmm. take, sitting down and really thinking through was really pivotal for you. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Finding your purpose is a little bit more intangible. And I think that there are probably a lot of people out there who 
it feels very vague too. And they really have no concept. They want to find their purpose, but they really don't know how. Mm. Can you share either from your perspective of, I know it's kind of a big question, but how you found your purpose, what were some of the, was it something that you intentionally thought of or was it a feeling that just came to you? It was something that, it started off as something that was quite nebulous. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't quite put a finger on it. I just had a sense that, you know, I really just want to do something that has to do with this continent, you know. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was was actually 15. Wow. Yes, I was 15. (laughs) And I blame my parents because (laughs) they lived remarkable lives. They were anti-apartheid they were freedom fighters, essentially. Mm -hmm. So they lived a life of purpose. And that's what inspired me to figure out, well, what's mine? You know, Mm -hmm. they've lived theirs. It's done well for them. You know, what's mine? So there was that intentional question. But I started to feel certain things as I was connecting with academic material. And also because I come from a really diverse family that's around the continent. So that got me feeling like, hey, I really, really want to do something that has to do with the rest of the continent. And I just knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. I don't know which words to use. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's how it was for me. And then as I went through through school, through university and travels and did some work in media, then I started to form some connections between, hey, I'm, you know, I really gravitate towards this. I, I don't just enjoy doing it. I feel a certain... I'm energized when I do it. So I was like, okay, so let me dig into that a bit more, a bit more, you know? So it, it wasn't like I woke up in the morning and I just knew, you know, (laughs) it wasn't like that. It was just a journey and a process. And I think what helped is not fixing my eyes on other people and what they're doing with their lives, but Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, you know, this is me, this is my life. You know, where am I going with this thing? What am I going to do with it? And just honoring what, you know, my path is in life. That's what helped me. Mm. Yeah. That's so liberating to hear you say that because I think the comparitis where we are comparing Mm -hmm. ourselves to others is so huge. And sometimes it's so easy to fall into the trap of thinking, well, if someone does is doing this, then, then I need to maybe not do that same thing, but do it at that magnitude. And it sounds what I'm hearing from you is that you didn't force it. You just let it happen. And it was a process. Mm -hmm. But I think also, it sounds like you were aware. I think you weren't just, you didn't have your head in the sand going through life. You kind of had Mm -hmm. your eyes open and um, Mm -hmm. you were aware. That's powerful. So tell us about the thing that has mesmerized me so much that I still can't stop thinking about it. Please tell me about Afrophilia Magazine. What was your spark? Oh, Afrophilia. (laughs) Afrophilia came, that was more of a slow burn for me. Like, as I just mentioned, like I come from a culturally diverse family and we're all over the continent. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up listening to music from different parts of the continent my parents, aunts, uncle, multilingual in in African languages as well as European languages. Mm. And so I've also had this fascination for travel. So kind of immersing myself in that and enjoying it for what it is and not 
limiting myself to one world and one way of thinking. That's what kind of cultivated this love and and me not seeing diversity as a threat. Mm-hmm. And then later on, post-graduation, I, I had to be like, okay, so what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then when I gave myself a bit of time to really simmer on it, I knew I wanted to make that shift into media full-time, mm-hmm. not just popping in and out and being an extra and having a famous el- elbow, mm-hmm. um, but actually... <laughs> but actually be in media, creating in media, in the media space. And and then the question is, well, what am I going to create? Mm-hmm. You know? And then the concept of Afrophilia came and it was nebulous at the time. And I actually envisioned it in a completely different format. Ah. And I didn't have the funding to pull that off, which naturally I just felt really bad about and felt frustrated. But then I had to get to the point of saying, okay, well, what can I do? You know, and I don't have the money for that, but what can I do? What do I have with me? And I, I had been through journalism training and I knew how to set up a website and all of that. So I was like, okay, let's, let's put this thing together, you know? And I mean, what you see now is the third version of Afrophilia. So <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. It's been, there's been some refinement in the process and mm. just sometimes as I was just fiddling around with the settings, you know, I actually, initially, I thought I had the picture of what I wanted. But mm-hmm. as I was fiddling around with just enjoying the platform, then it became what you are see, what you see now when you go into Afrophilia. And I was like, that's it. Wow. That's, that's amazing. It. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what is your... So we're going to link Afrophilia Mag in the show notes for sure. But for someone... Mm-hmm who hasn't been to the magazine yet. Can you talk a little bit about it and what your kind of what your purpose is and what you're really trying to express with the magazine? Yeah. So Afrophilia means to have a love for Africa and people of African descent. Mm. And largely this vast and diverse and beautiful continent has been defined by you know, its ugly history and its struggles. And I'm not saying they're not there. I'm not saying they shouldn't get exposed or discussed. I'm saying that's not all there is to this continent. There's a lot of beautiful things happening, innovative people, fantastic social entrepreneurs. You know, you've interviewed uh, people from Uganda and people who are doing incredible things across the continent. So I just wanted to share that. Beautiful African experiences, the art, the music, the thought, you know, African philosophy and and just in a, in, a, in a beautiful space where you see it, you feel inspired, you see it, you want to, you feel happy. Yeah, because every part of the world has both, you know, mm-hmm. the struggles and the good. So I just felt like Africa needed that dignified portrayal of itself. And that's what Afrophilia is. Wow, that's amazing. What an incredible story and an incredible passion. And I love how it's said something that I think makes you so unique is that you are so creative. Obviously, when anyone looks at the magazine, they're just going to be wowed by it. You've put your heart and your soul into it. And you're also, Mm -hmm. you also have to fund this 
and you have mm-hmm. to support yourself because you're not a child anymore. <laughs> and, um, you know, you have to, you had to take your passion and your creativity and make something of it. So yeah. we know that that kind of takes different parts of your brain. So how do you balance the things that you need to do to be a successful social entrepreneur, as well as feeding your creativity and your creative side of your brain? Very good question. The essential question. A lot of people struggle to see that both can happen. Mm -hmm. And I'd say at this point, I don't have a formula for it anymore. It just kind of, the part of the brain that needs to work kicks in and does what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. And that's partially is helped by the fact that I am interested in things across different disciplines and industries. But I just feel that when you put yourself out there, long enough. Life has a fascinating way of teaching you what you need to learn as you go along. And just in giving recognition to the experiences I've had or honoring those experiences, and by that I mean like minding my own business literally, by acknowledging the different lessons I've learned in each season, I've drawn observations. And some of these have taught me about the market. They've taught me about business. They've taught me about people. And most importantly, they've taught me about myself. And from there, I've learned how to manage myself better, manage business, people, etc. And then the analytical part of the brain, as well as the creative part of the brain, just develop and learn how to work in tandem. Because we all have both of those spheres of intelligence. It's just a question of whether we're going to be deliberate or intentional about cultivating them and having their moments in the sun (laughs) to do what they have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that you said that there's no formula. I think that that's important for people to hear that someone who is doing both at such a high level as you are, that there is not really a formula and that life teaches you what you need as Mm -hmm. you go. And I think also what you said about being intentional about using both and recognizing that they can work symbiotically work together. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Really important. Mm -hmm. So as you know, many entrepreneurs, especially with those with creative gifts, kind of, like I said, in the introduction, they really are uncomfortable about putting their work out there for others to see. That has been my experience. Have you ever felt that way? Oh, when have I not? (laughs) (laughs) When have I not? (laughs) Um, And and I'll draw from the words that you, you used in the intro. You just phrased it so beautifully that as a creative and as a social entrepreneur, it, it comes from somewhere. A lot of it comes from empathy. You see something in the world and you know you've got the gift or you have something that can speak to that beautifully. And because it comes from somewhere, you are being vulnerable and you're being vulnerable with people who don't even know you. And that that obviously would make anyone feel a bit nervous, a bit apprehensive. So yes, I have felt that way. And, and other times on the inverse side of the coin, I felt that way when I felt like the work wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a full representation of, you know, 
the grand and colorful and wonderful vision that I have in my mind, you know, and then I felt that, oh, well, you know, there's so many holes you can poke in this. There's so many things that could be improved on. And so that's made me feel a bit reluctant to release something. But in the end, you just have to do it. Hmm. Yeah, that was that was one of the things that when I first met you, I thought, wow, she has this creative genius and it wasn't hidden by perfection paralysis. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. How have you, I know that I understand that with Afrophilia, it wasn't, it's completely different than what you thought it, you kind of originally envisioned in your mind. And you, you said that you really just needed to start and to get it out there. So how have mm-hmm. you, obviously there's something that has happened in your brain and in your heart and in yourself to get past that design phase and, you know, actually clicking the publish button. How have you overcome mm-hmm. some of those those feelings of insecurity and perfectionism? I think what I've experienced is just seeing time passing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like the feeling that, you know, time is passing, which means that I'm missing opportunities. I'm, things are not moving. And I didn't like that feeling. You know, I was just like, I don't want to find myself stagnant in the same position two years from now, three years from now. So I should really just start something and put it out there and allow the different pieces that I need to come together. So I'd say initially when I had that perfection paralysis, it's because I was being driven by this perfectionist mindset, which is both good and bad. And then I had to get to a point of saying, this is a process and this is my process. So let's get the wheels turning And then at the same time, I was also in a position where I was doing services for other people, copywriting, design, et cetera, their brand development. And I was helping them move forward. But I noticed that I wasn't moving forward myself. And I just had to sit down and just acknowledge that imbalance and be like, hey, I'm helping people. They're moving forward. They don't have everything that they want to have. Things are not perfect, but they're moving, you know. So it's like, so why am I holding myself back? And so when I just made that acknowledgement, I said, okay, what's the first step? Start. Start. <laughs> press the button. <laughs> press, the, press the button. Yes. Press the button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was it for me. Uh, you know, that speaks to a lot of elements of our life. Usually there's a button to press. There's something that's involved. Mm-hmm. It's one teeny tiny action step. And one teeny tiny initiative between nothing and a world of opportunity. And it absolutely sounds like you pressed the button. I'm so glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it really would be a shame for, for what you have shared to be, to be hidden. I, I've learned so much from looking at the magazine and oh. um, appreciate the artistry of the photos as well as the content and the articles. So I'm really mm. glad that you pressed the button. Really. Wow. Thank you. I'm glad you got something from it. This, you know, moments like this make me feel like it really was worthwhile. And I'm so glad that I did it. Oh, and I've shared it with a lot of people too. Like, you had to look at this oh. magazine. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at this link. It's amazing. So oh, you've, you've you. overcome so much. And, you know, I don't mm. necessarily like to focus all on the negative. But I do want, I do think it's important for us to 
get some of our challenges out there so that we can normalize them. And when they become normal, then people just feel like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just normal. Yeah. So you've overcome a lot of challenges where you are in your business and your mastering your craft today, because you do a lot Mm -hmm. of other things besides the magazine and creating um, digital assets for others. What is your biggest, Mm -hmm. what is your biggest challenge in your professional development or in your life today? Mm -hmm. At, At some level, I'm a very reserved person. Mm-hmm. Um, so having to put myself out there, uh, especially in this age of social media, it still feels very uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of had to figure out my own, my own way of doing that. So that is one challenge for me. And the other is trying to pick one, you know, mm-hmm. one or two things just to focus on because it's so easy as a creative to, to see all these opportunities and see all these things that you can do and you want to be here, you want to be there, you want to be everywhere and and just being able to say, okay, this is what I'm going to focus on. This is where I'm putting my time and my energy on just to get to the finish line. Mm. Um, yeah, there's that. And then confronting fear. Like, you know, I was once told that, you know, when fear comes up, you don't run from it, you run towards it. Mm-hmm. And it's still a very uncomfortable feeling for me till this day. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd pick those three. I think you asked for one. Here, I've given three. <laughs> no, I like the three. And I pretty I resonate mm-hmm. with all of those as well. I'm also reserved. Yes, wow. And um, it, And I think a, a lot of people, um, of course, we see the people who are on social and are very visible. A lot of those people are wired. They are internally wired mm-hmm. to be in the spotlight. But there are a lot of us who are not. <laughs> we are wired to be yeah. <laughs> kind of in the background and just do our thing and and not really mm-hmm. be very exposed to it. So I think it's important for people to hear that you are naturally reserved and you have yeah. you're facing the fear, running toward it, even though it's not comfortable. It's very unnatural to to do some of the things you're doing with based on your natural tendencies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also picking just one thing. Um, I think even in with social business uh, or social enterprise, you know, you have the business part of it, but you have the social mission as well. And there's mm-hmm. always a need. There's always something, or there's always an opportunity to help. And it's very difficult to say no sometimes and also to choose the Mm -hmm. one thing that is really going to make the most difference for your, for others, for your social mission, but also to move the business Mm -hmm. forward as well. And especially Mm -hmm. when you add the element of artistry, oh my goodness, because for people who create the world is unlimited, there's no, there's no, there's no stop. (laughs) There are no boundaries. Yeah. 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 You spot on there. Yeah. So if you could give one piece of advice to social entrepreneurs, whether they were new or experienced, what would that be? If you're new, start. (laughs) If you're new, start. Okay, push push the button. (laughs) Push the button. Push the button. And if you've started, 
see perfection as something that you're gradually working towards. So I'm, I'm saying embrace this idea of perfecting, uh, you know, yeah, not perfection. Because if you, if you focus on perfection, you'll actually start to put a lot of pressure on yourself. And you can very easily feel discouraged or depressed when you feel like, oh, things are not coming together this way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you can also exclude yourself from opportunities because mm-hmm. you feel like I'm not there. So I'll just, you know, be quiet or stay withdrawn until you get what I mean. And you end up excluding yourself from mm-hmm. the potential to move forward. Whereas if you embrace things as a journey mm-hmm. and this process of perfecting your mm-hmm. business, then you start to see it as an adventure, you know, where, you know, one piece is going to come from this moment and other pieces will come together in this season that's coming up. And you now begin to pace yourself better and put less pressure on yourself. And that's important for creators because you can be so prone to anxiety, depression, isolating yourself, which you know, is now sometimes the worst thing to do mm-hmm. because you really can benefit from connection, from community. So yeah, perfecting instead of perfection. And I and we'll that. get there. We will. Yeah. I love that, we will. that perfecting makes it, it takes it back to what you talked about earlier, makes it a process. Yeah. Versus something that's completely unattainable. So I really like you that. Know. So obviously you have done a lot of work internally to overcome and to keep making progress. What do you do to nourish your your soul and your your spirit to continue to get these revelations? You know, this part is very important. I feel that we all function based on the state of our spirit and our soul. Mm-hmm. And just for clarity, because there's so many different mm-hmm. beliefs around this. I believe the soul means your mind, your will, and your emotions. Mm-hmm. And your spirit is that divine nature that God breathed into all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that part of us that will live eternally. So this is my understanding of of this concept. And I'm very mindful of what I meditate on. That's the first thing. I once heard a teaching where someone said that we are always meditating. Even worry is a form of meditating, oh, you know. Yes. So, yeah. So I oh, am very yeah. intentional and deliberate about filling my space, hearing things that are positive, hearing things that are affirming. I'm essentially now conditioning my mind to achieve the success that I want. I'm conditioning my mind to be at the state of peace that I need to be at, so that I can, you know, do what I'm here to do. So that's the first and very mindful of what I meditate on. I pray. Mm-hmm. That is so important. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Entrepreneurship will humble you. Yes, it will. Life will humble you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I pray and I observe a rest day. One day a week is definitely a rest day because I believe it's important to function from a place of rest. And yeah, just do my best to live in peace. Yeah. Well, you exude peace. So clearly what you're oh. doing is working. <laughs> clearly. <Yay. laughs> For sure. Yay. Wow. So meditation as far as being conscious of what is coming into your mind. Absolutely. Prayer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. taking a day of rest. Yeah. Ah, words for all of us to live by. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So what are you 
in this beautiful world of unlimited opportunities that you get to create, <laughs> what are you most excited about now, Nabantu? So right now I'm excited about the mini podcast series that I recently produced. Mm-hmm. It's called Startup, mm-hmm. the nice. Creativepreneur podcast, video and audio. And it was supported by the Gov platform, the Goethe Institute, GIZ, and the German Development Agency. And it's essentially just a how-to, three-part podcast, how-to for creatives, freelancers, and consultants. Mm -hmm. And the first episode, which is out now, that looks at commercializing your skills. Mm -hmm. So easy for creative people to do things for free. And as you mentioned, to not be able to say no. And, you know, sometimes people feel bad (laughs) about, you know, getting paid for what they have an affinity for. So I thought it was very, very important to dig into that. And then the second episode will be on managing your business. Just some tools of different tips on different tools that you can use. And the third one on finding work. So I was excited to produce that with Gav and the Goethe Institute. And yeah, I just just really hope it, it makes a difference and helps other people because it's not an easy economy to be active in the creative Mm -hmm. economy. Well, I did take a peek at the first episode and it's fantastic. So I would encourage all the listeners, we're going to link to it in the show notes. So Nobantu, if we link to one article or one podcast, will they be able to see the others as, as they are released the other two? Yes, they will. So if if you subscribe to, they're all in the Afrophilia Magazine um, YouTube channel. Yeah. So then when those come up, when you subscribed, when it comes up, you will know that the next episode is out. Yeah. Well, I would encourage everyone to listen to those. The episodes are content packed. They are concise, rather not short in a bad way, but short as far as very compact. Nobantu puts a lot of information in a very short space. I know that a lot of you are short on time and this would be a really great use of your time. And then you get to see the magazine as well, which I highly encourage. So before I ask my last question, Nobantu, we talked about the podcast. How else do people find you? If they go to bio.site slash Nobantu, it has all the links of different platforms where you can reach me. Okay. So that is, but LinkedIn, definitely. Okay. LinkedIn is my Facebook. Okay. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> yeah. I respond to all the messages on my LinkedIn. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we will put Nobantu's LinkedIn as well as the other links that she mentioned in the show notes so that you can easily find her and connect with her and watch her follow her work. So this kind of goes to back to kind of a bigger picture question, like your purpose. Nobanti, you've seen so much of the world and you have, especially of the African continent, and you have such a broad perspective. In your opinion, I'd like you to fill in the sentence. In your opinion, the world would be a perfect place if... <laughs> Trisha. (laughs) In my opinion, the world will be a better place if Mm -hmm. we're all focused on fulfilling our potential because each and every single one of us carry a solution that the world needs. Mm -hmm. I concur. That's fantastic. 
We talk about that in social entrepreneurship as well, especially for people who are working in disadvantaged communities that there is no one right way, just like there's no one right way to mold a piece of clay. There's no one right way to solve a solution. And each of us is called to this moment and this time that we're living in to share our gifts. And we each have a gift that no one else has. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's amazing, amazing that the world would be a perfect place if so actually, you didn't say perfect. You said better. <laughs> you are very good at oh, practicing sorry. letting go of perfect. I really like that. <laughs> oh, Navanti, mm-hmm. you are you are truly bringing life to the continent of Africa with with the work that you're doing and with your heart and with your passion. And I love that you're showing showing off the continent to the world in a whole new way. So thank you so much for sharing and for your time today and for being with us and, and truly sharing your heart. I think it means a lot to me and I think it means a lot to our listeners as well. Thank you so much for having me, Trisha. I'm honored to be on this podcast. Thank you for trusting me (laughs) to share my views and my thoughts with your listeners and having listened to your podcast, there's so much wealth in it, so much gold in it. So I can easily say what you just said to me, to you, that I really value and appreciate your platform. Mm, thank you. I appreciate that very thank much. You. Thank you. Well, that's all for today, my friends. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I hope you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. If you enjoyed what you heard, share it with a friend. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it here on your podcast player. Questions, comments, or feedback? Connect with me directly at trishabaileyphd.com or on social at trishabaileyphd. Now, you go and get back to making the world a better place. I'll see you back here soon.